Episode 20. Get your purse off the floor. Putting pain in its place. 1 Peter 5, uh, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Psalm chapter 55, verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. As a girl, I was always taught that whatever you do, do not put your purse on the floor. <clears throat> you could sit it on a table. You could sit it on a chair, sit it on your lap, hang it on a chair, a hook, or even keep it on your arm. But do not put it on the floor. My grandma was, uh, she she is, I should say, because she's still living. She She's very superstitious. And amongst many of her superstitious things of, you know, these things that if you did this or that or the other, um, all of these bad things will happen. One of those was, was putting your purse on the floor. And it was always like, you know, if you put your purse on the floor, you're going to be broke. And so um, even, even you know, in re uh, up until maybe a few years ago, I was always feeling, you know, like, uh, uh, can't put my purse on the floor. Ah, you know, purses are dirty. Maybe I shouldn't put it on the table. Ah, it's awkward on my lap. You know, trying to figure out the right place to sit my purse because of the consequence that, you know, grandma told me would come if I didn't didn't do the right thing with it. And so, you know, as I was, you know, as I was thinking about uh, this episode and just thinking about, you know, my own life and my own experiences, um, it's the same thing with our pain or our hurts or our trauma. We have to find the right place to put it because if we don't, there will be consequences. And so, um, you, you know, you're probably thinking like, well, like, what do you mean where, where to put my pain? So what to do with it? Like, what, what do we do with the hurt, um, that we incur from our different life experiences? And of course, because, you know, we are people who interact with, you know, multiple people. And as we progress through life, you know, we, um, have interactions with various individuals and we may have all of these different experiences. Sometimes we become like that bag lady that Erica Badu talked about in her song, um, where, you know, she says, um, you know, basically you're going to miss your bet, your bus. If you keep dragging around all these bags and, you know, if you know anything about the song, you know, that the song is not a literal bag lady. Um, it's, it's metaphorical where she's, you know, she's like, you're dragging around all of these bags, you know, nobody's ever told you how you keep holding on to all these issues. And so this is exactly what I'm talking about, except looking at this in the spiritual sense of what do we do with our pain? Um, as we, you know, as the, the namesake of this podcast, as we are trying to heal, um, as we are trying to look at God's word and receive God's word and understand God's word to help us heal our broken places and our broken spaces, um, what do we do with our pain? And 
I gave some some verses of scripture um, because we, you know, we serve a God who um, is looking to um, help us deal with our our pain and our burdens. Um, he doesn't always immediately take it away. Amen. Um, just like Paul in Corinthians talks about the thorn in the flesh. Sometimes we have these issues. He allows us to have these things that it seems like we continue to suffer from, but it's really to put us to a place of humility. It's really to remind us that without him, we can do nothing. It's really to remind him that his grace is all that we need. We're trying to figure out how to do this and how to do that. And if I could just do this and if I could just do that. And God is saying, I allowed this to happen in the first place because I was trying to push you closer to me. I allowed this to happen in the first place because I was trying to strengthen and deepen your prayer life. I allowed this to happen to you because I was trying to push you into your word. And so let's just take a look at some of the things that we do with our pain because the consequences that come from us not appropriately handling our pain according to the way God would have us to do, we'll have us like that bag lady where we'll miss the bus. But in the Lord, we'll we'll miss purpose. Amen. We'll miss the place of destiny. We'll miss the opportunity to minister to someone else. We'll miss the things that God has for us if we don't, as she said, learn how to stop carrying around our issues. And I know you're probably listening thinking like, what do you know? And what does Erica know? Nobody understands how I feel. Nobody understands that this person keeps doing et cetera, et cetera, et cetera to me. Nobody, nobody gets it. But what we have to understand is that that um, while people who hurt us have to be held accountable and, you know, they have a responsibility for, you know, what they're doing and they're going to have to give an account, we do too. We are we will be held accountable for what we do with it. We will be held accountable for if we were obedient to what God has told us. We have a responsibility in in it as well. We are not allowed to just kind of throw our hands up and say, but it's not, but you don't understand. They just keep doing it. Yes, that may be true, but because of the fact that we have a savior, amen, because of the fact that we have accepted a savior who went to the cross to die on our behalf, the scripture says in Hebrews, I believe it's Hebrews, that um, we have an advocate who has been touched with our infirmities. And so what that means is we pray, we are praying to someone who has walked in the flesh. So he's not like this, he's not a God or the God that is sitting you know, up here, sitting up high, and he's trying to, um, you know, dictate what we should do and how we should do it. He's never walked in our shoes. He's never experienced, you know, the, the hurts and the pains and the things that we as humans experience. That scripture says, you have a high priest, you have an advocate who has been touched with your very infirmities or who has been touch with your weaknesses. He has felt what it feels like to be hungry. He knows what it feels like to have people turn their back on you. He knows what it feels like to be persecuted. He knows what it feels like for people to not see you as you are. Jesus experienced all that. And so there's the understanding of why he had to come in flesh. He had to come as a man to truly be able to stand before God and advocate on our behalf because he understands. So that goes into the difference between sympathy and empathy. 
where he is able to go before God because he, he's been there. He's done that. He understands. Amen. And so um, it's kind of like even like situations that we face or or when you look at people who are in ministry, it's like, yeah, you. it's real easy for you to sit up here and preach to me and tell me how I should handle things and what I should do when you've never experienced what I've been through. God is so awesome that, and I'm going to just say it like this, you know, it, it's kind of bold, <laughs> where he places people in ministry and in these positions to, and, and there's a scripture actually, um, and um, I believe that scripture is in Corinthians as well, that says that, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, we go through the things we go through so that he, the great comforter can comfort us, not so that we can be comfortable, but so that we can go and in turn be a comforter to other people. And so those, in, you know, who uh, minister and who are, you know, in ministry, that is, you know, our, like, that's our life. God allows us to experience all of these things, not necessarily for our benefit, but for the purpose of us being able to go to others and say, hey, I, I've been there, done that. Or, hey, I experienced that. Or, hey, I had somebody walk out on me. I had somebody break my heart. I had somebody um, molest me or traumatize me. I've dealt with the loss of my mother. I've dealt with, you know, not having a father in my life and all these different things to be able to look to you and say, God brought me through it. So trust me when I say he can do the same for you because I lived it. And and Jesus is our advocate in that very same way where he is able to go to God on our behalf and say, Father God, have mercy on them or Father God, extend your grace or, you know, whatever he sees fit to pray on our behalf because he sees what we're going through and he understands, man. All right. So let's look at the wrong things we do with our pain. <laughs> Oftentimes we, you know, have painful experiences and we go through things and we bury it. And I talked about this um, in, in some of those early episodes of the podcast where it's like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to look at this. I don't want to talk to you about it. I don't want you to talk to me about it. Don't come over here telling me what I need to do with it because I'm going to get this nice suitcase and I'm going to open it up and I'm about to put this right in there and close that suitcase and I'm about to tuck that suitcase away or like in the case of bag lady i'm just i'm gonna drag it around but i i'm gonna act like it's invisible even though everybody else can see it because of the way that i um act and how i treat people and the fact that i seem you know bitter and res and resentful but i don't want to deal with it I'm, I'm just gonna pretend like it didn't happen and i think i had i had an episode uh i think it was called damaged goods where now we're like those cans that got those dents in it and we're leaking out poison onto those around us. And then not only that, we're being poisoned on the inside. Our spirit is just, just so, um, full of just, you know, toxic, um, I don't like to use the word energy, but it's so full of toxicity and it's so um, poisonous. And and then we, at the same time, it's leaking out on other people because it permeates how we treat people and how we interact with people, even though we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to discuss it. We don't want to look at it. So, you know, we think that by burying it, a man that somehow magically it'll decompose and go away. And that's not how it works. Like I said in that episode, Damaged Goods, what really happens is it begins to fester and then it becomes like a cancer where it's growing and spreading on the inside of us. And then eventually it leaks into how we deal with other people. Um, what else do we do with our pain that we shouldn't? We hold on to it. 
we hold on to it. It's like, uh, was that Linus that had the blanket? It's like that, that blankie. We carrying it around. We dragging it around. That blanket is filthy and nasty. Like the little kids, they had a little blanket. They don't want their mama to wash it. They don't want to give it up. They don't wipe their nose with it. They got ketchup from McDonald's on it. They got all kinds of stuff going on with this blanket. It's cat hair in the blanket, dog hair in the blanket. The blanket done been outside. It's done been to the daycare. It's done been some of everywhere. But I don't want to part with it. I have uh, God sending people into my life, whether it's through, um, you know, friends or family or someone in the spiritual community. Um, you know, there's, you know, there are other podcasts that deal with how to deal with your issues. Um, there are people recommending that I seek therapy and I just can't let it go. And I can't let it go because I don't want to let it go. Because now this pain, I, I have begun to, I uh, have an identity that is based upon what they did to me or how they did this to me. And I, and I can't, I refuse to utilize the tools and the strategies that people around me may be offering, or even those resources and those outlets. I refuse to utilize that because now this has become a part of who I am. It's a part of my story. So now the blanket has somehow magically become attached to you. And it's like a part of you, almost kind of like a, like how the Siamese twins are connected. You, your pain now has become a part of you. It's attached to you at the hip. And um, you know, God is looking to heal you and help you release it and you won't, and you won't do it. You, you, you keep, uh, saying out of your mouth that you want freedom. You want deliverance. You want it to be gone. But then the part that we fail to really recognize is that we play an active role in our healing. Healing is not a passive thing, whether your your um, your activity or you being active in your healing, whether it's seeking therapy, whether it's pressing into prayer, whether it's crying out, whether it's fasting about this thing, talking to other people, and, or a combination of all of those things, we play an active role in our healing. God is not a genie where we say, you know, Lord, just take this away. That's not how he works. That's not how he works. The scripture says that faith without works is dead. We have faith and know that God is able to do all things. He can. He has come, as it says um, in, in Isaiah, he has come to set the captives free. He has come to give sight to the blind. He has come to mend the brokenhearted. But we we have a role in it. We have a part to play in it. We cannot just expect that God is going to snap his fingers and now it's gone. But we have to be willing to surrender it. We've got to be willing to let it go. We have, God will give the release and then we have made up in our mind, no, nah, I'm just, I'm, no, I'm just going to keep this right here. I'm going to hold my purse in my lap. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sit it. I don't want to hang it on your hook over there. I don't want to hang it on my, I'm going to just hold my purse on my lap. Amen. When God is saying, um, you know, uh, in uh, first Peter, cast your care upon me. Give, give me your cares. Give them to me. Don't, don't say, uh, here you go. And then like, you kind of holding on to it. And now we got it. This took a worth it. No, cast your care. And I, I've said before that that word cast 
Think of it as like you're taking it and you slamming it down. You slamming it down at the altar. You slamming it down at his feet. You're saying, I can't do this. I can't fix this. And I don't want to carry this anymore. So Lord, I'm asking for your help. And you slamming it down at his feet. Because the scripture in Hebrew says that you that we can boldly come to the throne of grace to seek grace and mercy in our time of need. Another thing that we do is similar to holding on to it, we waddle in it. It's almost kind of like, if I can give you an image, it's like you just put fresh, clean sheets on your bed. And you've got all your, you know, women, our 57 million pillows. Yes, God. And they, the hotel pillows, you know, those like, oh, yes. And you go and you lay in your bed and now you kind of like rolling and you rubbing your feet together. And it's like, ah, yes. And then you take the 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 sheet and the, the uh, comforter, you pull it up to your chin and then you just kind of just feeling the, the, the uh, coolness of and the smoothness of those clean sheets. And you just kind of, that's what we do, some of us, with our pain. Almost kind of like a pig in the mud. We roll around in it. We waddle in it. Why me? Why me? Self-pity. Pity is sin. And you may say, well, how? Like, how, like, how, how is that? Because when you, when you have pity for what you're going through, you elevate that above God's perfect will and plan for your life. Because remember... Nothing happens. Everything is designed. He is the master architect. He is sovereign. He is provident. Nothing is out of his control. Yes, we make decisions that we shouldn't, but even in that, there has to be faith and trust that all things are going to work together for your good. So even when you've done something, you ha you had no business, we're supposed to believe that God will take even our mistakes and he will make them work for our good. He's already accounted for that, amen. He's already accounted for it in his plan. So when you start to have pity on yourself and why me, well, the question is not why me, but why not me, amen? Because the scripture says that if the, if the master suffered, so shall we. And in order to reign with him, we have to suffer with him. So we can't start regretting, amen, things that God has ordained for our life, especially if it's something that you know um, you didn't cause or it's not it's not the cause of you doing something you didn't have any business doing. As the scripture says, um, you know, it, it, it makes sense that people will suffer for the things that they've done. But count it all joy when you're suffering for something or you're going through or whatever the case may be, you're suffering per persecution because you're designed to live godly. That, that's the kind of suffering that we want to have, amen, because that's what the word says. So sometimes what we do is we, we waddle in it. And, you know, pain pain is paralyzing. It can be paralyzing and it can make you feel stuck. But this is where you've heard it said, this is where the press comes in. This is where the determination, and I and I say this all the time, a lot of the times when we've gone through stuff or when we're going through stuff and dealing with stuff, we're trying to be, you know, we're trying to um, really uh, receive the healing that God has available for us. A lot of the times it has a lot to do with what you were doing before the season that you're in. Amen. So when you were in a season where it was like, you know, either a harvest season or, you know, planting, it's not a season where God has ordained some type of, you know, so when you're in a season where it doesn't feel like, you know, things are happening that are hurtful and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of the times what we have done in those seasons 
is what will help carry us through, what will help give us the push that we need, what will give us the the, the uh, ability to press through the, the the difficult and tough times because of the fasting and the praying and the reading our words word and the building ourselves up and um you know, encouraging ourselves. A lot of times that groundwork is laid in in previous seasons. So it's like now you're in the season of your test or your trial, and now you're trying to fast and now you're trying to pray. And I'm not saying that of course you you shouldn't or that you can't. However, what I'm saying is sometimes you might be in a situation where what you're going through is so heavy that you can't. And that happens. That happens. And that's why it's important to have those prayers stored up. Amen. Or to have that word pouring it, you know, uh, that you've deposited that word into your heart so that when you're in that season where it's like, man, I'm so heavy. I feel like I can't pray and I can't. The Holy Spirit, amen, can bring back to your remembrance the word that you deposited in yourself. If you ain't deposited nothing, then just like your bank account, you can't withdraw. So if you're not depositing that word into you, the Holy Spirit has nothing to come to withdraw, to to bring back up to your remembrance to kind of help see you through. So going back to this idea that pain is paralyzing and it can make you feel stuck. Um, God is the one who gives us the strength. Amen. He gives us the ability to press through. And sometimes he will carry us through. Amen. So pain. So just like uh, the man who sat by the pool at Bethesda and he had his little bed and he was waiting on somebody to come and put him in when the angel came to trouble the water and Jesus came and what did he tell him he told him he told him if you want to be made whole then you gotta you gotta get up and so I'm not downplaying or minimizing the fact that pain is paralyzing or makes you feel stuck because I I have been there I've been there in many situations in my life. However, we have to recognize that that paralyzing uh, feeling, um, that that feeling of being stuck in in the same spot is a trick of the enemy. And so, again, he is defeated by the word of God. That is how he is defeated. And so it is important that we spend time in our word. It is important. The name of this podcast is uh, being broken places and broken spaces being healed through God's word. The answers that we need are in God's word. And not to mention the very God that we serve, our Lord and Savior Jesus, he is the word made flesh. And so the the scriptures are so vital. They are a critical component to our success in the spirit. We need to have that word hidden in our heart. We need to be studying to show ourselves approved. We need to be rightly dividing the word of God. We need to be doing like David said, hiding it in our word that we might not sin against God. We need to meditate on it day and night. Amen. Um, now, how, how I really, you know, decided on this topic as the as the next episode was because one of the things that I was realizing in my own life and situation is that sometimes we take our pain and we begin to idolize it, we erect it. 
And a lot of the times, it's not so much that pain that we erect or that experience, but it's ourselves. And what I mean by that is, and I'm just going to be transparent to talk about how I got here, was, um, you know, I, of course, talked about how uh, two years ago I went through, you know, a traumatic experience that led to the end of my first marriage. And what I realized now, two years later, is that in a very tricky way, the enemy enabled me to idolize myself in the situation. What do I mean by that? So it's like, I went through this horrible experience. This person did some horrible things. And then not to mention, like, it was horrible stuff even before, you know, that horrible stuff. So that then the feeling came. And so this kind of goes along with like the whole self-pity thing. Because it's like, you know what? I, I deserve to be happy. I deserve this, this, and this. After all I've been through and all I've endured and all I've gone through, I, I have a right to X, Y, Z. I got a right to be happy. I have a, but how slick the enemy is. There was never, I never really boldly and, and, uh, haughtily made, you know, like made that statement or confession, but it was how I began to move. Amen. It was how it was the decisions and choices that I started to make where I felt like after going through something that was so horrible that, you know what, I deserve to start doing some things that, you know, make me happy, make me, you know, kind of come alive a little bit. That's a very slippery slope. Amen. You got it. The enemy is so crafty. And I, I try to, you know, really, um, drive that fact home. He's very crafty. He's very slick. And that's why the Bible tells us we have to always be watching and praying because he's very slick. And so what began to happen is almost kind of where I thought, you know, I was, you know, protecting myself or capitalizing on things that were owed to me because of these horrible things that I went through, I began to kind of put myself on the on a pedestal in the sense of, you know what? I know what I need. I know what I deserve. I know what's best for me. And now I've, I've erected myself in the position that only God should have, where now I I am making these decisions and choices that I think are best for me because I deserve this. And all of this was birthed out of my hurt. It was all birthed out of my pain. It was all birthed out of, you know, this horrible experience that I went through. And as a part of, you know, I guess you could say like a coping mechanism, it's like, okay, um, because I, you know, I was in a pit for a, a, a long time, for a minute there. The enemy had me in a and there were times where I felt like I wasn't going to be able to get out, but God, but as God brought, you know, began to bring me out of this pit and I began to see the light of day, something slippery happened, amen, where yes, I was giving God glory and yes, I was still saved and I was still, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, still uh, sold out for God and committed to his purposes, but and this is why we have to understand that it, it's not always like this big turn. Like, yes, sometimes it's a complete, I've, I've backslidden, I've completely gone the opposite way that I'm supposed to be. I, my, my mindset change has changed to be the opposite of what God wants it to be. But then sometimes it's slight 
choices and decisions that creates a misalignment where now I'm not completely lined up. I'm not completely walking the path. Now, here's what I can say and what I try to give as encouragement. God foresaw that and he knew that. And he, thank God, he was able to still, you know, use it all for my glory. And there had to be just like, you know, not when we don't find the right place to put our pain and we, um, we're, you know, handling it in the wrong way. There has to be consequences. So there, there were consequences. Um, however, this is what, what happened. So as a result of this pain and what I went through, the enemy, um, in, 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 and the thing about this is sometimes it's like, you'll look back and be like, well, dang, well, well where, did, where was the turning point? Where did, where was the, what happened or, or what thought that I have or what thought that he, what thought did he bring that had me kind of slide off to this path of, you know what, I deserve this or I, you know, I can't even tell you. I don't know. And that's why we always have to be watching and praying. That's why we have to always be in our word. This is why we have to continue to seek the face of the Lord because that's just how quick and how slick, slippery the enemy can be. So here, here I was still, like I said, um, sold out to God and to his purposes. And, you know, thank, I thank God daily that I did not do a complete turn and go back into sin. I didn't, you know, completely backside backslide, but I made some choices and decisions that I shouldn't have all because I began to erect myself based upon what I had went through. There was a, there was a, um, sense of almost worship of, Liana's right to herself, my right to what I think I, I'm entitled to based upon what I just endured or what I had to endure. And that is sinful. That is sinful. And so then what it does is it creates um, situations and circumstances that were not a part of God's, of his uh, divine and his perfected will, they, they became a part of his permissive will because of the decisions and the choices that I made that were not in alignment with what his actual will was. And so that's something that we have to be careful of. We have to be careful. We have to be mindful that we are constantly submitted to him and that we, as the scripture says in um Second Corinthians, it's casting down arguments at every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. This is something that I'm still working on. And I think that's why, and I'm not going to say me, but I think that's why God has allowed the scripture to be a part of almost every uh, episode. Because when we are hurting and when we are in pain, the enemy comes in. So when we talk about strongholds, he comes in to pitch these arguments to us as evidence or as proof of this is why you deserve this, or this is why you shouldn't forgive this part. All of these things, he comes to present these arguments that go against what the word of God says, how we're supposed to handle people when they offend us how we're supposed to handle people when they misuse us, what we're supposed to do with those feelings and that hurt that we have. He comes and presents these arguments and then we buy into it and that's how you have a stronghold. That's how a stronghold is built. And then we 
operate out of that stronghold with wrong mindsets. We operate out of that stronghold with wrong patterns of thinking. We operate out of that stronghold and now we're developing wrong behaviors, wrong desires. Amen. And this is the thing that this verse speaks against when the enemy starts talking. So like I said, somewhere the enemy started talking and I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it. But this says that we have to remember our weapons are mighty in God for pulling down these strongholds that the enemy is trying to erect or get us to erect by, this is how we do it, by casting down those arguments he makes, he comes to make them. When, he, when he's coming with an argument, we got to snatch that thing down, rebuke it, cast it back to the pits of hell. And every high thing, anything that seeks to exalt itself against what we know about God and what we know about what God expect, expect. And the way we do that is with a shield of faith, bringing every thought into captivity. We capture every thought and check it against the obedience of Christ. So what are we supposed to do with our purse? Where are we supposed to sit it? What are we supposed to do with our pain? What, it, what does God command or what does he say that we should do with our pain and our hurt and you know our trauma and our grief and all of these um, emotions and feelings attached to our experiences we are supposed to surrender it we are supposed to give it to him we are and sometimes so he wants us to cast it once and for all final boom here you go god the reality of that is because of how we're built as humans, sometimes we have to keep surrendering it. Every time your little mind done picked it back up, I'm giving it back to you, Lord. I'm giving it back to you, Lord. I'm giving it back to you, Lord. Like, in, like intentional. We have to be intentional. That's why he tells us, cast your care. But he understands. He knows that we're human. No different than him in that garden of Gethsemane. He knew what the will of his father was. He knew what he was sent here to do. He knew what he was supposed to do. And yet and still, he ended up in that garden, crying his eyes out, asking the Lord, if it be your will, take it away. But then he surrendered it back again. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. So sometimes we have to continue to surrender it. Learn from it. Learn from it. We have to learn when we have these experiences to say, not necessarily why me, but Lord, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? What am I supposed to get from this? And why have you saw fit for me to go through this? Pray and ask them. Pray and ask for the revelation and the understanding. What am I supposed to learn from this? That's where we're really understanding how... Um, our prayer time works. It's not just um, it's not just us talking to God, but it's also us being still to listen, so that then He can speak and He can give direction. He can give instructions. He can give you the revelation. He can He can clarify. Grow from it. So when when I said that pain is paralyzing, it gets us stagnant. We become stuck in one spot. We can't move and we're not growing. And we're, it's like 
our growth is stunted. But we're supposed to take that pain and in addition to learning from it, we're supposed to grow. We're supposed to allow it to grow. Um, so I experienced a situation where the first time around, I was completely devastated, so much so that I was I was par I was, you know, everything at the top. I was paralyzed with uh the situation. I couldn't think straight, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I was just distraught, just boohoo crying all the time. And, and rightfully so, okay? Rightfully so. Not saying that, you know, I shouldn't have, even though it led to some things that shouldn't have been, but you know, those very real human emotional reactions, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, second time around, I, ex I experienced something similar and I couldn't understand like, like my flesh, <laughs> my flesh wanted to fall apart. My flesh wanted to be like, my, if nothing else, like let, let me cry. Let me boohoo cry. Let me just, let me, nope. The Lord allowed me to get a good boohoo hoo maybe twice. And then I just kept saying, like, oh, the Lord would just let me cry. I feel better. And then he used my best friend to say, look at you missing it. Shift your perspective. Look at how he how you grew from the last experience where now you are in a different place. You are in a different space. The situation is a little different. The person is different. And you grew from that last experience. Because you are able to hear God's voice a little clear, more clearer, and He's already told you some things concerning this situation and why it had to be, and, and what He to to be looking for His hand of what He's trying to accomplish. And sometimes, just like we don't want to let go of it, we don't want to grow from it either. We we, we refuse to um, come up in the next season. We we refuse. Don't grieve the Spirit in that manner. Grow from it. Shift your perspective. Look back and see how wow! Like the last time I went through this, I it was a whole train wreck. Or the last time I went through this, I was cussing everybody out. Or the last time I went through this, but this time around, I'm I'm different because that's growth, and the, the glory for that goes to God. Amen. Heal from it. Heal from it. Allow yourself to heal from it. Don't bury it. Don't hold it. Don't waddle in it. Don't allow it to uh, cause you to put yourself on um, a, a pedestal or erect yourself and be, begin to you know, think you know what you need and what you deserve as a result of it. No. L allow yourself to go through God's process of surrender, of learning, of growing so that you can heal from it, so that he can heal you. So he said he has come to mend the brokenhearted. Let him do that. Let recognize that the healing process is not a passive one where God is just going to magically come through and clean the slate and you're going to press forward. No, do the uncomfortable work. Go to the therapist, do your digging, um, do what needs to be done. Press forth in your prayer life. Get you a prayer journal, write Every time that the enemy is trying to do what that scripture says and present those arguments and exalt those things and you got all of your feelings and you replaying it over, get, uh, get you a journal and just like you would journal just whoever we talk to when we regular, write that to God. 
be active in your healing. The healing is there. Christ wanted at Calvary. He came for for the purpose of us being healed, not just healed in our bodies, not just healed from sick, sin, sick diseases, not just healed in our minds, but healed in our hearts as well. Heal from it. Receive what God has has brought. Receive what He has great given grace for. And then, lastly, the the part that is sometimes hard, and the enemy puts the blockage and the hindrance in the way. He he shack he uh, places on the shackles on your ankles and your and just like in the movies with the with the people in the old time jail where they had that big huge heavy ball chained to their ankle he chains it to your ankle and if that big heavy ball is chained to your ankle then guess what it's hard to move move on from it move on from it don't allow the enemy. Amen. To um, put that bondage on you. Don't allow him to shackle that ball to your ankle where you cannot move on. And and a lot of the times, just like the man sitting by the pool at Bethesda, we don't want to pick up our bed and walk. We don't we don't want to move on. We allow the enemy to give us every reason why we can't move on. And the, those people who hurt you, they don't went on with their lives. And the sad part is, in the name of Jesus, some of us are bound by things that happened to us that were done by people who are deceased. Yet we're still here in the land of the living, unable to press forward and move on. We got to move on. That don't mean that it... that um. We are okaying what has happened or, you know, like we're forgetting what has happened. But let's forgive and move forward. Let's let's move forward. Let's show the enemy that we are not going to allow him to hinder us any longer, keep us stagnant, keep us from growing and healing and learning from it. Let's move forward. Let's move on. Yes, my ex completely and totally broke my heart. But I I can't let that stop life. I can't let that keep me stuck in one place. And it's not even about like moving on to a, a new husband. No, I had to move forward. I had to move forward from that place and into the next place that God had for me. And really, when I say that, I mean in terms of ministry. I couldn't let myself be stuck in that place. I couldn't be left stuck in that. I can't believe he did this. We were supposed to. And the enemy tries to bring that on me. When things sometimes happen, he tries to take my mind back to, well, I wouldn't be in this situation if this had never happened. He wants to take me back. He wants to have me go back to the past. When, when no, when the Lord has braced me to move forward, Receive God's grace and move forward. Don't let the enemy have any more of your life trying to drag you or keep you in this past situation. Yes, it happened, but it doesn't have to define you or the rest of your life. If anything, let it become the testimony of your life where you talk about how you were able to be victorious and how you were able to move on and how you are are healing from it continuously and how you 
saw how you grew from it and how you you're learning from it. And then like the scripture says, God comforted, allow God to comfort you in it so that he can make you a comforter to others. Tell your story, tell your story for other people. Tell them how God brought you through, how he saw you through. Amen. Don't allow the enemy to have that 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 victory in your life or that room or that space in your life. A lot of times our pain, there's layers of it and there's levels of it. And the only way that we're going to really truly be able to allow God to do his work in our life is we got to start peeling back them layers. And that's that's the hard, that's the work. But we have to do it. Amen. And know that just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were in that fire, God is is there with you as you're peeling those layers back. And he's with you as you're confronting your past. My my therapist helped me. Well, he didn't help me to see this because I know this about myself. Um, But what he helped me to see was why this was the case. I don't like confrontation. I, I don't like confrontation. I don't. Um, and not because, you know, like I'm a, I'm a weak, I'm a weak wimp. (laughs) I don't like confrontation because as a woman of God, there's a standard on how to handle things and the types of confrontations. Here's, here's the revelation from, you know, from God through the therapist, the type of confrontation that I'm used to because of some childhood experiences is negative cussing and fighting. So as a woman of God, if I feel like confrontation might go in that direction and I know that I'm not supposed to be cussing and fighting, I'll avoid it. Or I'll figure out a way to sidestep it. Or I'll pray that God will show you the light and then there's that. (laughs) But what what he told me was in certain situations, Healthy confrontation is necessary so that true healing can happen. And I was thinking like, now that thing will preach right there. The enemy doesn't want us to confront things. He does not want us to stand and stare down in the face, our hurts, our pain, et cetera, et cetera. He don't want you to confront it. Because when you don't confront it, then true healing can't take place. So, again, all of these things are possible through God. God, teach me how. Show me how. Give me direction. Tell me what word my mouth. Give me what to say and how to say it. Tell me if I'm about to say something I'm not supposed to, Lord, close my mouth. Here is where that scripture says, yielding it to the obedience of Christ, not letting things exalt itself against the knowledge of God. So, my part of my own work and my own healing is praying that the Lord will help me develop an ability, um, a willingness, a strength to be able to confront certain situations and, and people when it, when it's called for, but to be bold enough to do it without fear, without the fear of it's going to drag me to a place where now I don't cuss somebody out and they're looking at me like you're supposed to be a whole woman of God. Or if they cuss me out and now I'm cussing you back out. But me being able to say, you know, you know, bless you. 
which I was in the situation today where I had to confront someone with, you know, a situation and it ended up, you know, that what, I, what information I had wasn't correct, but he didn't handle it right. And it could have went to the left. So I am just praying that God will continue to move in his people and that we'll be willing to yield to do it God's way. We want the benefits of God. We want the blessings of God, but we have to do it God's way. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you and we praise you for this time and this space. Oh God, we just thank you. Lord God, I'm just praying that you will continue to equip your people, that you will continue to deal with us. Oh God, help us to seek your face. Help us, oh God, to cast our care on you. Help us, oh God, to appropriately deal with the hurts and the pains and trauma of our life, God. Help us to do it your way in the name of Jesus. Give us the boldness in the spirit, God. Give us the confidence in you, God, to be able to surrender these things to you, to be able to learn and grow and heal, oh God, to be able to move forward, oh God. Help us to be able to do the things that we need to do so that true healing in you can take place. Lord God, bless everyone underneath the sound of my voice. Heal our broken places and our broken spaces, oh God. Send your restoration and your peace and your joy now. These things are in all things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You all be blessed. And until next time.